it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I am your host, Reggie Weber, and a member of the Green Woman Leadership Training Initiative. As Green Women, we are passionate about growing our own lives. And we're also being activists for deep concerns about our self-care practices, the women's issues, healthy living, nature healing, definitely the environment and climate change, social activism, and living in harmony with Mother Earth. We are artists, educators, coaches, therapists, grandmothers, and green mamas. And we are wrapping our lives and work around making a difference in our world. I am so happy today to have one of our green women with us. And I talked a little bit about her um, intention project last time on uh, the show, but now I have her here in person and we can go to some more depth and detail. So the green, it's green woman, Diane Renee Mueller. She is a retired healthcare professional, as well as a woman's wellness coach from Colorado. Diane started a year-long daily blog, 365 days. That just must have been, I don't know. I don't think I could do it, Diane. But she did it on social media to help her learn more about the climate crisis, public lands, and the connection to human and animal health, and then share that information with other women. Welcome, Diane. I am just so excited to have you here. And I would love to have you share um, how this new journey came about in your life with climate crisis and the public lands and how we all interconnect with everything on this world. Well, Reggie, thank you for having me um, and helping me spread the word about climate health and pub- and public health and individual Definitely. health. Um, I appreciate you you hosting this podcast. And so I'm a 65-year-old woman, soon to be 66-year-old, and I felt like I've had years and years of wisdom and life experiences and knowledge and self-development that I wanted to share with other women. And so when I look back, there's probably three events in my life that were kind of critical junctures. And um, the first one was I grew up between Wyoming and Kentucky. Wow. <laughs> so I was born in Wyoming and my dad was transferred to Kentucky when I was about eight years old. Um, but that gave me a unique perspective because throughout all of those years of growing up, we always camped and visited public lands. And so I was really, I think, um, blessed to be able to spend a big part of my life outdoors, camping with my son, um, fly fishing with my family, multiple outdoor trips, um, being in nature, and then understanding that um, that being in nature brings health. Oh, definitely. I'm with you on that. Um, I agree. Yeah. And so that just really enforced my love for public lands. And um, 
Then working as a nurse, I had a real passion for um, um, equality and uh, compassion for people. And so I was able to live that out through my many years of nursing. Um, And part of that passion really was um, also about a woman's unique role and perspective in this world. And that really helped me tap into that um, passion for social and environmental justice, which kind of led me to where I am today. Well, so that that was the first thing. I can definitely agree with that. And I think, um, as too, you well know that I'm a retired nurse. And I think a lot, I've been hearing more and more nurses that are expanding their compassion. Just, I think, from our nursing jobs, we have that compassion and spreading it out into the world. So, yeah, let's get on with those stories. Okay. So the second thing was, um, I think, probably kind of a a sad thing in my life, and that was my dad. Um, He became uh, critically ill with acute myeloid leukemia, Mm. which is a cancer that is caused by exposure to benzene. And he spent many, many years in the oil and gas industry. He was raising a family. You know, he had to he had to support four kids. And so we didn't know mm-hmm. back then that benzene, exposure to benzene would cause leukemia. But I was really blessed to be able to take care of him and my family in that last year of his life. Um, during that time, though, I got really mad. Um, I was very angry about environmental toxins, but I soon realized that that was not really going to be um, conducive to my health. So I, I made a mind shift to, instead of fighting against, to fight for. And so that really gave me the motivation to write 365 days of environmental posts um, for Facebook and Instagram. And it was amazingly transformative for me, just in terms of my awareness. I mean, I was already, I recycled. I didn't, you know, I picked up trash on the trails. I I did all those things um, and was always aware. But when my dad got sick, that was just, that was Mm -hmm. huge. So um, I wrote, I I was finishing out the year when I had the opportunity to join the Green Women Leadership um, Initiative. And um, so that was really wonderful. That was funded by the Sisters of Mercy. I know that you've talked about Mm -hmm. that, but it was a great, great opportunity to be able to continue my work Um, and also for me to be able to make that connection between health, climate change, and um, and environmental toxins. Um, So then probably the last thing that influenced me, which is the, I don't know, maybe the most important thing is that I became a grandmother Mm. and my grandsons are now nine and 12 years old. And, you know, as they have gotten older, we have always involved them in things like composting and recycling and traveling to national parks and talking about public lands. And they love it. They absolutely love it. And I just knew that being a green grandmother um, and that 
extending my work to them was really going to be integral to their lives. And I feel like it, it is integral to their lives. So all those things and many more really kind of brought me to this point where I really wanted to connect with other women. Um, I had that opportunity in the Green Women Leadership Initiative and still do. And it's a, just a phenomenal group of talented women. And But I wanted to have a a larger influence and not large like in the world sense, but large in the terms of my local community. I, well, let me stop you right there for a second, because um, just for our audience to know that I have been talking about the green women and how we're supposed to bring this to our communities. And when we think that we go from coast to coast across the nation, it is just amazing how all of us green women are turning to something in our community to, you know, you got to start somewhere and branch it out. And so I applaud you for doing this. This is awesome. And um, so let's see what you are branching out into. So I had been a member of a group called Great Obrots um, for the Wilderness for many years. It was actually founded in the late 80s. Um, by a group of women who were hiking together in oh. Utah. And um, they ran across a group of women that were older than they were. And when, as the women passed them by, somebody made the comment, those are great old broads. Look at these women out hiking in these mountains. And so from that, the great old broads um, organization was formed. Now, it has since grown into a pretty large organization. It is located in Durango, Colorado, mm -hmm. and they have local chapters all over the United States called Broadbands. And so as part of my initiative from the Green Women Leadership Group, I decided to start a local broadband here um, in the South Metro Denver, Colorado area. Um, we have about Mm, I think three local groups. Um, there's one in North Denver, and then there's one in the Colorado Springs corridor area, which is just south of here. And um, so I went to leadership training um, through the Great O'Broads uh, last fall, and I started a chapter, a local chapter in January. Oh, kudos to you. That is amazing. And yes, I through you and through the green women finding out about great old broads, we do also have one in Minnesota. So people do need to check, check that out on their website and find out if they have one in their state or in their local area. And I actually joined and in April on Earth Day, I'm doing my first event with the organization. So I'm really looking forward to that. So thank you, Diane, for that. I, I'm so happy that you did that. And um, to, you can find a directory of the broadbands um, all over the United States um, at the greatobroads.org site. It is a not-for-profit organization. Um, but um, I've joined, I've started this chapter and we really are working on probably three major um, initiatives or that's kind of what's coming through as at our meetings. And right now we're doing Zoom meetings. We've had one walk, uh, which we call trash talking walks, <laughs> where we go and we pick up trash. I like that concept. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really fun because that is actually 
one of the things that Great Broad stresses is if you're going to do this, you need to be having fun because it's hard work and it's serious. It is hard work. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. So our three major things are kind of a urban greening. So planting trees, looking at native uh, species of plants and picking up trash. Um, then we have a community education um, initiative and um, we're working with the Center for Outdoor Ethics. Um, to um, spread the word about their leave no trace principles. Um, and then lastly, um, national advocacy, well, state and national advocacy. Mm -hmm. And so we, the Great Old Broads is actually working with um, the um, Colorado Outdoor um, Act um, or the CORE Act to develop um, Plans for land use that looks at all the key stakeholders, like all the people who use land for recreation, all the people who just want to get out and hike and have have um, uh, just a, a glorious experience, quiet experience in nature. And so the planning is undergoing. They've just really gotten started, but I feel very hopeful um, about um, people wanting and to have these experiences and feeling motivated around um, being advocate um, activists for those experiences. Wow, that is really interesting. Um, I know that we too up here in Minnesota, they one of their biggest activisms that's going on right now is the pipeline that's going to be going through the. Um, that they're trying to protect for the boundary waters uh, up in Northern Minnesota. And that's one of their big issues. And of course, the one I'm going to do is they host a five mile trail here in town. And for Earth Day, we're going to be picking up trash. So we'll be doing a trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. I, I'm so glad that, that you're doing that. And that's, I mean, the other thing I, I want people to realize is that <clears throat> Public lands includes all those open spaces, all of your urban paths. Um, it, so it's not just out in wilderness in a forest on top of a mountain um, or around boundary waters. It's also in towns because we need all of we need to protect all those green spaces in towns because again, that keeps people healthy both physically and mentally. Yeah. And that mental health right now is as well as physical, because we've been sitting in our homes for such a long time. Um, and then that, mm -hmm. that kind of grows into some of the mental issues, you know, keeping our brains active and working. And of course, when we do that, we feel so much better. So that's a great thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you relate? Can you expand a little bit about how that helps our mental and physical health? I mean, what we can say that it helps our physical and mental health, but I think a lot of people go, yeah, well, what does that mean? What does that do for us? So, so that's a great question. So um, there has been um, a lot of research on when people are out in nature physiologically how you respond to that um, and physiologically just through the experience mm -hmm. um, your your blood pressure is lowered your heart rate is lowered your um, breathing is enhanced so you breathe um, deeper just the experience of 
moving through nature um, helps helps your stress level. So that affects the brain. So it brings out all those good things called mm-hmm. endorphins that that really make us feel good. And there has been so much research on forest bathing and on green spaces in nature um, in in the urban urban areas. And so I invite anybody just to just to Google it and look up to see um, scientifically what that connection is. Yeah, and it doesn't take much. I mean, we have a park that's um, that goes through the wetlands and some of the forests that right next to the house. And it's probably, and I do walk through some neighborhoods, but, you know, even walking through the neighborhoods, it you see people's gardens. I mean, obviously it's spring now, but they'll be coming out. So even walking during the seasons, you can see the leaves changing, you can see the trees growing and the buds coming out and you can see all the beautiful plants and the spring shoots that are coming up. And so you can really relate to a lot of stuff and you're not very far from home. I mean, I can do a two and a half, three mile walk just around my neighborhood and through the woods. So you get a little bit of everything. So it doesn't take much is what I'm hearing you say to get that endorphins moving, our body moving, our deep breathing, and we'll just feel so much better rather than being stuck in the house and especially stuck watching screens, whether it's TV, video games, that really is doing a disservice to our brains. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm also lucky because I live two blocks from uh, beautiful um, open spaces in our urban corridor. And um, in the middle of this big city of Denver, um, we have a family of deer that are down there. Um, I've seen bobcats on oh my, my walk, coyotes, um, all kinds of birds. They're uh, amazing. Um, the number of birds that are down there, including uh, Canadian geese this time of year. And so, um, and then um, I ran across a neighbor, I was talking to a neighbor about two weeks ago when I was out walking in our open space, and people have seen a mountain lion out there, which is a little bit scary. (laughs) (laughs) But, But to me, that says that we have created a welcoming environment and that we are living in a um, very interrelated way with our um, our our animal sisters and brothers. I like to make a comment to that, too. And I think people don't realize that when they see these animals um, and I think they are more curious and friendly coming into our neighborhoods, I think they're more afraid of us than we are of them. However, people have to remember that we are really invading their their lands, their their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're building houses more and more out in the woods, and when you do that, you're forcing those animals to go elsewhere. And sometimes they don't have anywhere else to go. If there's a big city on one side of them and there's urban on the other side, they're going to choose urban. I know last, uh, not last night, the night before we were getting ready to go to bed and it must've been about 1030 ish or something like that. And all of a sudden, um, Rich says, listen, and here we could hear the coyotes. And I, you know, I, we're only 25 miles North of Minneapolis and they're, they're in town. I've seen them and I've seen them up here too. And you don't see them very often, but you can hear them. 
And so you just, I think we need to be aware that they're around. Yeah. I've seen the turkeys and the wild turkeys and the deer playing together, not really playing, but they're teasing each other. Um, It's great to see, but you still have to be aware. And this is, this earth is for them also, not just us. And we, Uh like you said, we need to share that. And I think seeing that wildlife also is good for us. I agree. I agree. So do you have any closing comments that you would like to say to our audience today? I guess what I would say is there's no, nothing too small that you can do. So if all you can do is plant a very small pot in your backyard with a native plant species that supports bees and butterflies um, and just don't use pesticides, um, do some recycling, try to decrease your use of plastic. To me, every effort is worth it. And then also get yourself some knowledge. Um, find out what's going on in your neighborhood. Find out what your water sources are. Find out what pesticides they use in your homeowners association. Um, and so it's important for us to be aware. Yep. I totally agree with you that awareness and being educated is too big of my major concerns. And um, that's why we're doing this is to get people educated and become aware. Thank you, Diane. Um, It was such a pleasure for you to be here. I always like having discussions with you. You are just a wealth of woman wisdom. (laughs) Thank you. And now I would like to give all of you a big thank you for tuning in and listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please download and subscribe or rate and review this podcast. I really do review them and they are so greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay informed be healthy, live green, and in harmony with our Mother Earth, our true mother. Keep it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot, thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got.